You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, confident committee of cool cats, cacaing for cranial crumbs and kombucha. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 173, and I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your eminently enjoyable entertainers, eloquently elucidating every enigma, eliminating ennui, even examining egg corns. I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. That hey, sounds like a listener yeah, submitted yeah. You got it. Kyra. Thank you, Kyra. And uh, oh, Dana's not here. She's moving. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was somebody missing. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, I could have sworn. Yeah. Yeah. Between you and me. Once it gets past two people, I lose track. It's just, yeah. It's just a blur. I have a choice for you guys. Oh. So we can do Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Uh-huh. Um, I'll just say the card is kind of boring. Uh-huh. Or we can do a surprise quiz that will be very polarizing. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we should go with the surprise quiz. I think this is like a leading I, question. I, know, I, 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 I can tell by the look on your face you want us to go for the surprise quiz. I so and I, I feel, feel like I'd feel bad for the rest of the day. Like if we didn't go, yeah, with it, and then I was would be wondering what it was. Yeah, so. yeah. We, we, let's one of a, well, let's go for the surprise. Okay, one quiz. of you guys we'll will be unhappy um, to have the surprise quiz. That's fine. <laughs> Whoa, does that make it okay? Yeah. All right, let's do it? our surprise it's like quiz. It's, it's sports. It is sports. Okay. Guess where we are Guess recording who's right now. <laughs> uh, we're currently sitting here in San Francisco. Indeed. The, the heart of Super Bowl City. Super Bowl City. Super Bowl, Super Bowl City. Super Bowl Fitty. At least as Fitty far as City. the marketing would have you be. Uh, Super Bowl <laughs> L. Yes. The Super Bowl itself will be down in the city of Santa Clara. Oh, <laughs> yes. However, it yeah. is close enough the actual as far stadium. as the NFL is concerned. Yes. The well, actual... they're ha- well, they're going to be doing all of the activities up here in downtown San Francisco. That's true. Yeah, the, but the, the fan... actual ball playing is not here. So they're the San Francisco 49ers at their home stadium. That's where the Super Bowl is going to be held this year. Mm-hmm. And it's all high-tech and, and nice and new. It's the, newest, the newest stadium. Yeah, the newest football stadium yeah. in the league. Yeah. Pennsylvania there. Yeah. You can order your food. You can order phone. your food from your seats. Yeah. yeah. They have curry there. You can get like chicken tikka masala there. Yeah. Somebody will bring you chicken tikka masala to your seat. Yep. The future. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you, you were joking there, but it actually is not Super Bowl L. They, no, yes, it is yeah. not Super Bowl L. I made the joke. They abandoned the Roman numerals just because, for this year. Yeah, so it because it's not Super Bowl L. Yeah. So in sports, it has a very specific connotation of Lose. loser. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. So it is yeah. Super Bowl fifty five zero. Yeah. Next year they're going back to the Roman numerals. Okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense. But yeah. next year will be Super Bowl Lee, and then Super Bowl Lee, and <laughs> yeah. then Super Bowl Lee. Lee, yeah, Super Bowl Live, and then Super Bowl. Every year, our nation's children learn at least one Roman numeral, <laughs> yeah. which is. Whatever that year's Super Bowl is. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Are you guys ready for a a, sports quiz? Yeah. A a Super Bowl quiz. And this. I guess that's fine. Granted, we know Colin's going to get all of these. Let's not not get ahead of ourselves here. But these are questions that will show up in pub trivia. Oh, I see. So a lot of superlatives. This is written by my friend James. And can I? Okay, can we do it where I get to take a you know a stab stab at it? Yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah. All right. NFL team with the most consecutive Super Bowl appearances. Um, the Buffalo Bills. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. I well, famously they they always went to the Super Bowl but and they lo- never won. They, but they lost. Too. They lost four in a row. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the joke that Bill stands for boy. I love losing Super Bowls. Ouch. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty good. It's not bad. It's yeah. not bad for a thing uh, I heard on the so, playground. So the like superlative also applies to Buffalo Bills, the NFL team with the most consecutive Super Bowl losses. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Player with the most career Super Bowl touchdowns. I knew this. Oh. I knew this. The most career Super Bowl touchdowns. Um, is is um, a touchdown is the man who catches the ball in the end zone, or is it the quarterback who threw the pass? Can be both. It depends oh, on what the stat is. Yeah. Touchdown. Yeah. Um, is the person a receiver? Is that yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think I would know? Oh, who, who, you would know yeah. a famous receiver. Yeah. I don't know. 
Ray Finkel. <laughs> Lisa's out. I'll guess Jerry Rice. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah? Okay. Jerry Rice. Oh, he has a he has a dog. Also, he lives here. Oh, really? He is probably maybe behind Joe Montana, the most famous 49er, yeah, ever. Gotcha. Or at I least, went, or right with there with Joe Montana. I went running with him once. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, it was for a Nike thing. We ran with Jerry Rice. Team with the most Super Bowl wins. Team with the most Super Bowl wins. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want to take a stab? Um, Patriots? Incorrect. That is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Correct. Mm. Six games. Team with the most Super Bowl losses. That is not Buffalo Bills. Oh. Oh, the most total, not yeah. most consecutive. The the uh, Jets. Hmm. Isn't that hockey? No, the Jets are Winnipeg uh, Jets. New York, they're, the, they're, they're also oh, oh, the, the okay. New York Jets I mean, football they're, team. Yeah. They're also a, one of the gangs in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, the Jets and the Sharks. Yes, yeah, as well. That's yep. the story. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Also. Most losses. Jeez. All right. So it's got to be a team that's been getting there. Uh, the Vikings? Minnesota Vikings? Denver Broncos. Uh, okay. Five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most frequent Super Bowl host venue. Most frequent Super Bowl host venue. Um, the Apollo Theater. Uh, well, I mean, some of the... I some, like how you're like, I'm yeah, not playing the game. Apollo Theater. I just caught that. I mean, for a long time, they would basically just rotate between, like, San Diego, Miami, New Orleans. Uh, like, they were all, like, warm weather. Phoenix would be in there. I'll guess uh, New Orleans Superdome. Superdome? Yeah, I'll guess the Superdome. It is, Louisiana. Yeah. Well, yeah. the Mercedes-Benz okay. Louisiana Superdome. Okay, sorry. The Superdome. Right. Yes, located correct. Located Ooh. in the great state of Louisiana. Long before the Superdome. <laughs> Okay, last question. Longest Super Bowl in actual time. Longest Super Bowl. Guess how oh, like, long it took. In, oh, including uh, timeouts and uh, yeah, commercial not, not breaks. Yeah, not game time, actual From time. kickoff and, uh, to final yeah. to second right. off the clock. Beyonce and everything. Closest to. Oh, we're guessing to. the time. Oh, closest, closest to. to the pin. I mean, geez, um, if you're including the halftime and all that. Yeah. I'm going to say that they only get longer over time. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, especially when the TV, mm-hmm. I don't know. Four hours and 37 minutes. I think that's going to be actually pretty dang close. Are you gonna... uh, I'll say four hours and 38 minutes. Good, I'm going to price this right good, you. Good, good. Four hours and 14 minutes. Ah, hey. I price this right at the wrong direction. Right, right, right. Yep. Super Bowl, I don't know what number this is. XLVII. So, uh, well, the winning, the 40... winning move for you was to... seven. Yes. Biggest contributor yeah. to the extended time, 34-minute power outage yeah. in the stadium, oh, if you remember. Course. That was yes. the big one. That's right. Yep. Of a course. A couple years ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was yep. the 49ers against the Ravens. Though, I mean, it's it's the power outage was mm. was half, it was half. 34 minutes. Yeah, but so, it interrupted yeah. the game. But, it was a good puppy bowl that year, too. <laughs> everybody just changed channels. A lot channels. of action, yeah. All right. Well, good job, you guys. All right. All right. We, we did, Some we did better, we did better than good, I thought we would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some some deep cuts in here, but uh, those are some general general pub trivia friendly yeah. Super Bowl questions. Yeah, that might especially show up. in the next week or so. Do we know mm. what the next city is? When do they decide? Uh, we do know what the next city is because they have to start preparing. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure where it is next year. Super Bowl Lee will be taking place in the NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. Yes. Hmm. All, All right. right. Well, good job, you guys. Last episode, we had a listener challenge. I played a, 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 it was like a music quiz, but the point of the quiz wasn't to identify all of the artists. There is a, a secret theme that strung all the songs together. And uh, the songs I played as a recap.
I Really, Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. Uh, you Can Call Me Al mm-hmm. by Paul Simon. Yep. And then Weapon of Choice by Fat Boy Slim. Now, whenever You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon comes up and somebody says there's a theme, my yeah. mind immediately goes to uh, that the theme would be famous actors appearing in the music video. You are correct. What I have been correct. That is, okay. that is the iconic one yeah, I indeed, threw in. Yeah, you know, yes. I feel like maybe the, the, the younger generation might not know. That the kids wouldn't um, know. Yeah, and also, like, I think yeah. past a certain year cutoff, music videos just aren't as prevalent as it was when we grew up. Like, uh, so that was that was the answer. You just there's celebrity cameos in their music videos. What were the, what were the celebrities in each song? Okay, so uh, you can call me Elf. Famously, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. Last Dance, Mary Jane is a Kim Basinger. I really really like you. It was a fantastic video. Uh, Tom Hanks, who where he lip synced it. He right? lip synced yeah. the whole song. Fat Boy Slim, Weapon of Choice, of course, featured the slick dance moves of Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. And Bad Blood actually had a lot of cameos. It was a lot of Taylor Swift's actor and model friends. But the notable actors are Lena Dunham, uh, Cindy Crawford, uh, Mariska Hargitay, Ellen Pompeo, Zendaya, a bunch. Yes, yeah, celebrity cameos is the answer. But I have I what I did not expect was so many people sent me this answer, which I wasn't looking for. But you're correct. It is. It is not only right. It's super right and specific. Uh, Evan Benedict first wrote in and said, I'm sure I'm way off. You're not. And also you're the first person. But the songs all have music videos featuring well-known actors who have appeared on Saturday Night Live. Really? He's not the only person. We certainly won't count you out for being too specific, for being no, more really specific than we had in it mind. It just so happens that... If you're going to be famous enough that someone's going to want you for a cameo in their video, there is a probably a good chance. Yeah. yeah. So Evan and also uh, Cody Vest, who who also wrote in and told me that Saturday Night Live thing. I was like, what? Awesome, awesome job. And those are such uh, jaunty tunes. I hope everybody enjoyed that. And in our last episode, we teased what the, the topic of this episode was going to be. And I played a clip. Uh, it had no dialogue. And it was just sound and, it, and score. And I hope uh, some of you guys caught it. It was a scene from The Incredibles. And it was the scene where uh, Mr. Incredibles running down a hallway and he's being uh, shot at with these, like, sticky lead balls. It would attach. It was like a big ball. It would attach him. It would grow, and it's sticky, and he can't like he can't run anymore. He just kind of like gets smothered in these sticky balls. Because this week our topic is balls. <laughs> is sticky stuff. Sticky things. Sticky, sticky. things. What is sticky? <laughs> so stick around. <laughs> I decided to come up with an entire list of things that are sticky. I just want to run the gamut here. Yeah. If it's if it's sticky, you do have a baby. I so, want to know yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he, cert- he he knows from sticky. He generates a lot of things that are sticky in various uh, capacities. <laughs> but, you know, which brings to mind, of course, the the classic joke: "What's brown and sticky?" A, a stick. stick. Hey. I really like that joke. I like that it's one. a good yeah. joke. Yeah. It's a good joke. So I have a whole list of, of things that are sticky. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the words I wrote down are, they're so sticky <laughs> that they actually picked up other letters at some oh. point along the way and were thus rolled into, and it became something else entirely. Mm. Um, so I'm going to give you uh, the name of something that is sticky. And uh, then I'm going to tell you what letter it picked up, and okay. then you're going to tell me what it turned into. Oh, when it oh. okay. So it's an anagram. It's an anagram. It's a word plus another letter, and then you anagram them. So, and I will give you a clue as to what that final word is going to. Be. For example, yeah, I was just a say. true example. If I were to say the word tar, T-A-R, quite a sticky substance, uh, and that, that tar picked up a letter B to give you a spoiled child, you would yeah, say. Brat. 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 In, indeed. I'm going to have you guys uh, use the, the the pens and paper uh, as a to, to help you out when you're oh, anagramming. Okay. 
Got it. Um, but we're can still, certainly... Are we still buzzing in when we get... You have the pencil and paper. Just use it if you need it. Uh, listeners, if you if you like anagramming and you want to grab a pen and paper, you might want to do that. Or not. If you want to head... I actually... To, I find them faster in, in my head, head really? sometimes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the short words, it's... For the short words, it's easier for me to do it in my head. Yeah. But it depends. We'll see. Well, let's uh, see how you guys do. Let's see I may change do. my we're tune. Gonna, we're going to start easy and then it gets trickier. So here we go. Here we go. Our sticky substances picking up extra letters. I went and got some sap, S-A-P, plus uh, the letter E gives us a popular side dish. What? Colin. That's peas. Peas. Oh. Peas, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was like, apps. Apes. 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 Not a popular side dish on this planet. I went and got some glue, but that glue got stuck to a letter B to become a musical instrument. Colin. As a bugle. A bugle. Glue plus B equals bugle. Um, that same glue, while well, lost the B and picked up an N to become a fencing move. A fencing move. Glue. B- Karen. Lunch. Lunch. Yes. Oh, snaps. All right. Um, I got rid of that glue and got myself some gum. Some delicious G-U-M gum. Very sticky. It got stuck to an A and uh, turned into a place in the United States. <laughs> Karen. In the United States? Guam? Guam, yeah. indeed. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it is a territory. It's a territory, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the contiguous United States, yes. indeed. Some gum got stuck to an S, giving us a word meaning self-satisfied. Colin. Smug. Smug, indeed. All right, they're going to trickier now uh acquiring a letter p i had some honey and it picked up that p to become uh uh, uh, an alternate spelling of a word meaning fake whoa everybody phony honey was not what i was looking for at that time so i went and got myself some tape some sticky at least on one side i like uh, the story t-a-p-e yes yeah (laughs) um tape plus d gives us a word meaning skilled Colin. Adept. Adept. Oh, rocking these anagrams. Taped. Now, here's here's an interesting interesting one for you. Tape plus S gives us another sticky substance. Whoa, Colin. Paste. 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 Like paste pot peat. Paste pot peat. Of course. Paste pot peat. Whole punch Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Getting very meta on Good Job Brian today. Now, let's add an R to paste to get a word meaning a meal. Colin, again. Uh, repass. Repass. Wow, I don't even know that Indeed. word. It means a meal. Any uh, meal or like a specific nighttime or just it's, a meal? It's kind of just a fancier. It's like you, you might find that like in a, like Game of Thrones, for instance. Got it's it. kind of just a little more highfalutin. Indeed. All right, all right, all right, Colin, you're so good. Uh, how about you add an E to paste to get an obsolete unit of currency? <laughs> uh, to, to get obsolete unit of currency. It was once used in Spain. Oh, wow. I don't know. Uh, the estop? Oh, the estop. No, not, not, the not at all. The tapates? The tapates. <laughs> oh, the uh, espata? Uh, it uh. is, in fact, the peseta. Peseta. The peseta. Oh. Yes, yes, indeed. You know what? Let's stick with foreign currency since that's going so well. <laughs> I like where it just gets from like a sound <laughs> Spanish. Estapo. Um, it, the, um, you know, cement is also something that is sticky, and we can add an I to that to get an old uh, French coin. An old pre-Euro French coin. Colin! That is the centime. The centime! Centime. Oh! And finally, I have one... Centime. Nope. The centime. I have one final uh, sticky item for you, and that is, of course, syrup. Wow. If we took some syrup and drizzled it all over a sea... We would get a Mediterranean country. Karen! <laughs> What's geography, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyprus! Cyprus! Very, very good. Cyprus. All right, good job, you guys. Which is a good country work. by itself. No, no. The country. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I Wikipedia'd it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Because people confuse it with, like, oh, it's a par- part of Turkey. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. C- country by itself. Right, right The right, Cypriots right. get yeah. very angry. That's the, that's the gizzard they were thinking of. They're confusing the gizzard and the Cyprus. <laughs> Oh, now I get it. Man, <laughs> being a dad has changed yeah. you. He just slips the dad it jokes really in so it. quickly, though. It yeah. really has. Yeah. Been, if you think about it. <laughs> 
First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. All right. Well, we had a game, word puzzle game from Chris, and I actually have a quiz segment about various sticky things. Yeah. A lot of things that I like that are sticky. <laughs> sticky. Well, no, you okay. like yeah. sticky makes me think of like Food? dessert. Yeah. Okay. And then makes me think of like adhesives, which yeah. I use for you know for crafty adhesives stuff. Adhesives so. are great. They are. I was gonna. Where, know, where would we be? I was going to, and I didn't really find enough, unfortunately. But as a child. I really liked Funtac for some reason. What is what is Funtac that? is the stuff it's the it's the the moldable sort of adhesive that you use to put up posters. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I discovered this in kindergarten and like there was like some on the wall and I was just like this is the most fascinating thing to me because it's like gum but it's not gum but you put <laughs> posters up. And I got into it in a very nerdy way of like I wanted to buy a, like all of the different kinds because there were all different kinds they were all different colors yeah I, I like the fact that it was both sort of like Play-Doh but also useful yeah okay there was fun tack there was handy tack and then there was blue tack and it turns out that the original is blue tack oh and, and then things like, just spun off like everything it was invented by accident well what, what were they trying to make I don't know Something better than that. <laughs> Some sort um, of rubber or something, yeah, maybe. Right, right, right. It's like, oh, it's too sticky. But it's perfect for putting up my Metallica posters or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you all guys right. all have your barnyard buzzers. Yeah, well, and I should say, yeah, in case anyone at home is confused, I, I, I am using Dana's buzzer today. Uh, my buzzer has gone missing. I think oh, your cat took this it. Is, this is what happens, Dana, when you don't show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chaos. your buzzer. We left the barn door open, and one of the barnyard buzzers <laughs> rolled away. Yeah, my paw is going to be mad. <laughs> I thought I closed the door. So for today only, hopefully, I am. I am using the cow buzzer. Buzzer is yeah. rolling down the yeah. plains. <laughs> we got a call from three farms over. Looks yeah. like we got one of your buzzers. That'd be funny. Is this one that. yarn? <laughs> yep, that's my buzzer. All right, I know it by the sound. Farms of just buzzers, like buzzers on the grass, right everywhere. In the pen. Oh, these are free range buzzers. Yeah. Okay, you guys have your barnyard buzzers ready. Uh, all right. This sticky bready treat, one of my favorite, uh, strangely features an animal in its name, but is actually named after a weird tree. A sticky, okay. Chris. He's buying time here. Yeah, I was just, I was just, uh, I was, I was pretending. All right, sticky bready tree. Sticky bready tree, which is an animal. You know, I was going to say the Welsh rarebit, but I don't think that's that's actually a... I mean, I guess that's kind of sticky, but it's not sweet. Also, I don't think that that's like your favorite anything. A churro? Well, it's cheese and bread. I mean... Right, uh, right, right. It has an animal in its name, but it's... Yeah, yeah. animal in its name. Yeah, I don't don't know. But the actual... Hmm. What does Karen like? Yeah. It's a bread. It's a bread? And what's an animal as well as a tree? Yeah. Hmm. Something with pig or bird Dog, dog, tree. Snake. Um, Sticky snakes. Sticky sticky snake. Pig dog dog pudding. Snake churros. (laughs) Oh, I like yeah. snakes. Yeah, oh, we should invent uh, those. I, I think we're going to feel really dumb. Monkey bread. Oh. Monkey, or or the full name monkey puzzle bread, or yeah. monkey pull apart uh-huh. bread. Okay, so what do you mean it's named after a tree? It's mm-hmm. not named after a monkey. What? <laughs> well, because it doesn't, well, why, what does it do with anything with a monkey? Well, I just assumed it was like, I mean, I didn't think there was monkey in it, just to be clear. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I thought the illusion was like, it's crazy bread. It's right, monkey right, bread. Right. It's oh, like, it's, it's you, you rip yeah, off yeah, yeah, pieces. Yeah. I don't right, know. Right. So, yeah. So monkey bread, for those you don't, uh, who, who are not familiar, it is basically um, a bunch of little rolls, like little bread rolls um, and baked in syrup like syrupy brown sugary cinnamony stuff so it's this one big kind of one big loaf and then you pull apart yeah so because they're all individual little rolls that you can just like share it's a great party dish and it's like a cinnamon bun but in a different it's like a format. communal it's like a communal yeah, cinnamon, yeah, cinnamon yeah, bun yeah <laughs> um 
And so the origin of the monkey puzzle bread is named after the monkey puzzle tree. Really? Yes. Uh, This is in the 1800s um, in England where, you know, having gardens and having greenhouses was kind of like a prize, right? Because you're trying to collect all the different glorious trees and plants. and uh, Before you could collect comic books, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there was one, Sir William Molesworth. Of course there was. <laughs> proud, proud owner. He had one of these trees, and its Latin name is super long. And so he was showing it to his friend because the, the tree itself is kind of – it looks kind of crazy too. It's kind of like a palmy tree with a lot of rungs radiating out from the trunk. Okay. And so one of his friends said, man, this is like a puzzle for a monkey to climb that tree. <laughs> and it just became colloquially the monkey puzzle tree because no one's calling it by its Latin name. Okay. It's just All a, right. nice, a nice popular All right. name. The the idea of a monkey trying to figure out bread was named after the tree because it kind of looks like it's all like little bits and pieces radiating out. So the story goes. Wow, okay. Huh. So the story goes. So it has to do with the monkey like eventually. Yeah, the idea. Second of order. It's a yeah, second, second order, order. monkey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah. someone saw a monkey, you know, eating a piece of second bread. And be like, Let's of call monkey. it that. Right. Yeah, second right. derivative of monkey. Oh, yes. The rate the, of change. The, the SDM. Of change. Yeah. yeah. All right, next question. Harry Wesley Coover Jr. was awarded uh, recently in 2010 the National Medal of Technology and Innovation by President Barack Obama for his invention. Uh, this invention once had the name of Eastman 910. What is this? What did Harry Wesley Coover Jr. invent? Something Wait, I'm sorry. sticky. It's sticky. It's called Eastman 910. It was invented for superglue? It is super glue. Okay. Technically, cyan. Cyanocrylate. Cyanocrylate. Sorry, can you what say it again? The cyanocrylate. Cyanocrylate? <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Cyanocrylate. Yeah. <laughs> cyanocrylate. Was discovered in 1942. Uh, Harry Wesley Coover Jr. was uh, developing a type of plastic for mm-hmm. war efforts for gun sites. And yeah. he, <laughs> he discovered this. He's like, it's too sticky. It's useless. That, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. All, they're all like, it's too uh, useless, whatever. Right, right. And then it wasn't until in the 50s, like after the war, they mm-hmm. went back to it. And at this point, he was working for Eastman Kodak. And then so he, uh, you know, kind of revisit. And we're like, oh, we can use this for bonding and, and as glue. And it first originally had the name of Eastman 910. Got it. Mm-hmm. Used a lot of super glue in hobby projects as a kid. Man, you know what? And just as important is the super glue remover. I really like the smell. Oh, yeah, it's a very sweet kind of smell. That's yeah. anything that you're not supposed to inhale yeah. always smells really good. <laughs> like chlorine. Like it just smells so clean to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Next mm. question. Despite the branding, this particular sticky stuff does not contain any animal or animal parts. Chris. <laughs> Monkey glue. <laughs> no. Uh, gorilla glue. Oh, you know oh! I, That's not what I was going for. But, okay. Oh. But well, that okay, doesn't well, have Okay, wait. Well, let's either. try something else. So right. it's a sticky substance branded. Despite the branding. Uh, Despite the branding. This is for gluing stuff together or? This is for gluing stuff together. And there, there's a, a popular belief that this item has... Oh, does contain. Oh, oh, are you, oh. Are you branding? You meaning like Elmer's glue because yes. it has the picture of the cow on it? Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Elmer's oh, glue. Oh, it's not yeah. made out of cows. Oh. A not lot of people. Anymore. Right. It never was. It never was. It was made of casein. Well, casein, uh-huh. which is a like a like a dairy byproduct, but it. it but it never had any. Yeah, life. it never. It's not like the cow who's reshaven, or there's no actual cow in it, because that kind of stuff. It's not technically all only for. Oh. So why is there a cow on the label? This is the mascot. The mascot. His name is Elmer. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is, he was the first president of the company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't want to put him on the label, but he's um, the boss. The same- Elmer says, "I wouldn't let myself be made <laughs> yeah. into anything but the finest glue." <laughs> <laughs> the same, so the same company had success designing for another cow for another company, and they just kept designing cows. Oh, really? Yeah, funny. And just people, stick with what works. Yeah. They just yeah, they just Elmer the bull. Those cows. He's a bull. Oh, he's a bull. Oh, okay, all right. Bull. Say it again. Bull. Bull. <laughs> bull. Bull. These are regional differences. Yeah, These are regional so, differences. Yeah. Ferdinand the bull. How do you say it? I say bull. Bull. You keep saying bull. All right. I hear bull. I hear b o o l. Like Boolean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how am I supposed to say it? Bull? <laughs> well, you say it like that. I say it like the bull and bullet. Yeah. 
bullet. All right. Are we done? Yeah. <laughs> Popular dessert, sticky toffee pudding, is yes. predominantly composed of what fruit? <gasps> uh, uh, Colin. I, I, tapioca? Is that what you're going for? That's what? not a fruit. <laughs> sticky, sticky it's toffee a root. pudding is predominantly composed of what fruit? Fruit. Really? I thought it was made of like... Caramel and what bread. Do you, what are you talking? Sticky what? Sticky toffee pudding. Yeah. I don't know oh. what that is. Well, do you want to explain to Colin what sticky toffee pudding is? Yeah. It's like a British uh, pudding in the sense of, you know, it's um, like a steamed uh, pudding and then you pour, you pour toffee sauce over it. Never heard it's of it. It's a really, oh, it's a very popular Eastern. In, you got uh, it. Well, um, fig. Incorrect. Dang Close. it. I thought it was figgy pudding. Dates. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Technically, date is a fruit, not mm-hmm. just... Chewy sugar. Care for a date pudding? <laughs> How about next Thursday? <laughs> uh, last question, my favorite sticky stuff quiz. Velcro is a portmanteau of two French words. Yes. What are the meaning of the words? And Or if you can give me the actual French words. Oh, oh well, Colin. I did a segment oh. on this many, yeah. many, many episodes well, back. Good it's, thing you uh, remembered remember. your own segment. Uh, velour and velour. crochet. Uh, uh, yes. Fabric hooks. Fabric and hooks. Right. <laughs> yeah, velvet and hook. Yeah. Not invented by NASA. Oh, oh really? is that popular? Say, yeah, they 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 were like among they really popularized it, but it was yeah they didn't they get credit for inventing it, but not invented by NASA. Oh, interesting. Huh? Because I, I think it was invented way before the space program. It too. was invented before the space program. Yeah, I mean, the rud- like I, I'm sure the old vel the first Velcro was pretty rudimentary compared to what we have now. Which yeah, made out of nylon. Yeah, and yeah, synthetics and stuff. And like the that. inventor, I, I forget his name, but he was he was Demestral. He was inspired by seeing his dog had come in from outside with all little tiny burrs embedded in his fur, right. and he's like, "Okay, I'm inspired like, by nature. Wow, I can really do this." It's really hard to pull these things off. Of my yeah, dog. yeah, like. There's something I can work with here. Yeah, there, yep. uh, the two the two surfaces. It's a female and a male. <laughs> oh, and when yeah? they come Is together, they call it mating. <laughs> well, scientifically or technically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's my quiz. Oh, oh, what? Uh, I, I didn't mention before. So that Incredibles clip that I, I talked about that was in our last episode. So I, you know, I watched that clip. I was like, ha ha. I wonder if there's a, a real weapon that does that. And there, there, I found something that. Is kind of similar. Like fires balls of stickiness to slow someone down? Well, fires something stickiness to slow them down. Okay, yeah. Invented and was kind of popularized in the 90s. And it was mostly, you know, the military were trying to find ways to to deal with rioters uh, in a non-violent way. Um, And so one of the ways is there is like a gun that you wear and it fires like sticky foam. (laughs) Like a lot of it, and it just expands, and, yeah. and, and the person's like stuck and huh. like falls and then sticks to the ground. It's paste pot pee. <laughs> you're, you're, you're describing paste pot that's, Pete's weapon. That yeah. is, no, it, and it and it seemed like they, I saw some videos of like they're testing it. It works in the fact that it does stop people. Yeah, but there are some concerns because it's like, well, if you shoot someone in the face, right, it might suffocate them. Right, right. And right. so then your whole, you know, nonviolent thing just turned lethal. Right. Um. So there are some concerns about that. Uh, the sticky foam is actually non-toxic. However, in order to take it off from your skin, debonders or whatever, that might be harsh and that might be, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And we're back. You're listening to Good Job, Brian. This week, we're talking about things that are sticky. Sticky. Sticky, sticky situations. 
So when we're prepping for each week's episode, you know, we'll send each other little notes about, hey, I'm doing this topic, you know, so we don't kind of overlap accidentally or talk about the same thing. And so I, I uh, sent to you guys uh, two words for my topic. I said, I'm doing molasses disaster. All right. Yeah. So now I, I, you know, hopefully you guys have just been imagining what could he be talking about mm-hmm. molasses well, disaster. Well, I, I had a maple syrup disaster once. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, we talked about the, the Canadian maple syrup heist. That's true. That's true. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to dress this up more than it needs to. I have a tale of disaster and molasses. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like a tanker truck of molasses was driving down the road mm-hmm. and overturned and made a highway sticky and ruined people's afternoon. I am talking about a true disaster that produced a wave of molasses 160 feet wide and 15 feet high. Oh my god. Wiping that is, out that is everything still, in its path. That is still slowly <laughs> making its way. <laughs> <laughs> the setting everything, huh? The setting is 1919 in, oh. in Boston, Massachusetts. This is not good because they don't have the sophisticated molasses defense the technology. Anti- yeah, the anti-molasses. Yeah. The, the, the uh, MDF. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, right, yeah. established. Right. In 1919 in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, specifically the Commercial Street Wharf area, waterfront neighborhood, uh, in addition to being home to many Italian immigrants and Irish families at mm-hmm. the time, it was also home to an absolutely gigantic above ground tank of molasses how big this tank karen was five stories tall what oh my god this that much molasses this tank was 90 feet in diameter nine stories in diameter oh yes oh wow so it's like five stories high and nine stories on its side yeah yep Yep. this tank held 2.3 million gallons of molasses weighing more than 25 million pounds now who needs that much molasses all in one place? This tank was uh, owned and operated by Purity Distilling, uh, which was a subsidiary oh. of the United States Industrial Alcohol Company. Mm-hmm. Now, why alcohol company? This molasses was intended to be distilled into grain alcohol. So, of course, you needed that much molasses because people drank a lot it's <laughs> it's so it's funny that you say that chris so yeah so so of course let's just get this out of the way i mean molasses obviously uh a popular sweetener right. uh, but in addition to making things sweet you can also ferment um molasses to produce ethanol which has a lot of uses uh in fact during world war one purity distilling company and the usia they they made a lot of ethanol from molasses for munitions and what? weaponry, anything that, you know, torpedoes, oh, you know, oh, okay. ex- you know, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. ethanol. It's clean burning, very volatile. Uh, with the war over uh, and with prohibition sort of looming, you know, oh, indeed. any company that had anything to do with alcohol was basically trying to just get rid of get, it, just make it as quickly as they can right. make and make, as, alcohol. make as much money as they can yep. before prohibition comes down, you know, whatever. There might be a grace period, but just get it and get it made, get your money. Yeah. So Purity Distilling and the USIA was just on the ball making as much molasses into ethanol to turn into grain alcohol before it was outlawed, Mm -hmm. potentially. Speed over everything, size over everything, as much molasses as they can get. Shortly after noon on January 15th, 1919, the tank burst. You know, I mean, this is not like you spill a jar of molasses on your kitchen table. You know, you don't have time to get out of the way. I mean, we think of molasses as slow. This wave was moving at 35 miles an hour. Oh, all my right? God. Yeah. All right. Because so, of pressure. Yeah. 160 feet wide, 15 feet tall wave of molasses. Doesn't Usain Bolt run that in his sprint? Yeah. Oh, my God. It, this, this was just a horrifying spectacle. I mean, yeah. pe- people died. Let me be clear. Whoa. I mean, 20, 21 people died in this accident it, horses were killed i oh mean entire God. the entire neighborhood was just wiped out buildings were pushed off their foundations oh my God. it knocked over electrical sure. poles yeah. it was just sending things everywhere and i mean it was just a gruesome gruesome way to die you know i mean not like not like this uh, not unlike the sticky stuff you were talking about yeah i mean you're swallowed in molasses it covers your mouth your nose horrible 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 i have a quote here from the boston post all right at the time 
talking about... Are you going to read it in a Boston accent? I will not read it in a Boston accent and embarrass uh, both me and uh, our resident New Englander, Chris. They're talking about the scene at the hospital with the victims, right? Quote, the whole hospital reeked of molasses. It was on the floors, on the walls. The nurses were covered with it, even in their hair. So this was everywhere, all right? And so as people are going into the scene and coming back out, they're slowly transferring molasses to oh. just everything they come in contact right, with. Right, right. All right. So now deaths and the injuries and the damage aside, cleaning this thing up is a colossal pain yeah, in the butt. Right. You can't just hose it down with water. So they, they, they swept as much as they could off into the harbor. Swept. Yeah. Wow. They, they pumped it out of people's basements. Oh, I mean, just imagine, God. like, as bad as a flood is. It's all. This is worse because it's a flood of sticky, sticky molasses. Mm. So they did their best to get the liquid-ish molasses out. But as it started to harden, people were using chisels, hammers, uh, ice picks, saws, like whatever they could bring to bear to get the hardened molasses out of the city. So as I mentioned, you know, the the cops and the nurses and everybody were sort of helping spread the spread of molasses uh, inadvertently across the city. Human nature being what it is, there were, of course, gawkers. People coming in just to see the tragedy. It's like, oh, my God, we're going to go up and see the molasses explosion. When all was said and done, uh, over $100 million in damage uh, adjusted for inflation in today's money. Yeah, Um, Well, that's not that bad. I guess, right. Uh, More than 100 lawsuits filed against the USIA, you know, for obvious, what seemingly obvious negligence. Yeah. The USIA, they tried to float. Their story was this tank is sabotaged. By oh sure Italian anarchists by records you know yeah, right. this was this this was just a horrible horrible terrorist act right. was, um, I would you know honestly I mean I'm looking at Vermont with their maple syrup business and thinking. Was oh, it then? conspiracy theory. Was, well, you know. so the evidence, you know, as so as to break apart the union, <laughs> as they were getting ready to take this to trial, right? And you believe me, yeah. believe me, the city authorities in Boston were keenly interested in seeing somebody brought to justice for this, for this, right? Yeah. Uh, it turns out the tank, the tank was basically completely, completely underspec for what oh, they needed. Okay. The steel on the walls was way too thin. It nah. wasn't riveted properly. There weren't enough rivets. Mm. Worse. First of all, it turns out the tank had never even been tested once, even with water. They literally just built it. Like, as I mentioned know. at the top, you know, speed and money was of the essence. They're all, gotcha. we need this tank built as quickly as possible to hold as much molasses as possible, ASAP. It turns out That's from from day one, this thing was leaking. It was leaking so badly and mm-hmm. so obviously that it kind of became the unofficial source of molasses for the neighborhood. Oh, sure. People would come up and just bring containers up to the side and just catch molasses coming off the side. Oh, my God. I mean, it's streaking out through the seams. You know, neighborhood children bringing sticks up and making their own little molasses lollipops out of it. Yeah, it was what? why not? Everyone in the neighborhood knew right. that this thing was leaky, leaky, leaky. Yep. The judge was basically, you know, I'm going to come down hard on you. Uh, you know, see, so the the like company, the company agreed to a, a huge out of court settlement with, yeah. all, I mean, just all with the- with the city, with the businesses, with the right. families uh, of the victims, uh, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Wow, and that's 1919. That's a lot of money. Oh well, no, sorry, it's oh. equivalent. It's, okay, it was, okay. Yeah, so. tens and tens of cents. It was it was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in 1919, which is millions of dollars today. Right, right. So I'm getting a lot of these details uh, and even one amazing photo of the scene that uh, maybe we can find a way to post it on the website. Or I wish I could share this with you, uh, listeners. I mean, just a shot of the neighborhood. It's just, you know... It just looks like a brown bomb went off and just <laughs> is just horrible, horrible. Um, a, as a new dad, I know a lot about that. <laughs> um, getting a lot of these details from uh, an article written by Chuck Lyons, uh, writing for History Today. Uh, and so he, uh, he wrapped up his, his uh, version of the story with... Um, he wrapped up his version of the story with an anecdote um, saying that local residents in the neighborhood insist... That a faint smell lingers to this day. They say that on warm summer days, the air is still tinged with the sweet, cloying scent of molasses. Oh, phantom smell. Phantom smell. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I find like, you know, tsunamis are intimidating enough, but that's just when it's water. 35 miles per hour. 35 miles an hour, 15 foot tall wave wave of molasses coming at you. Here's the photo. 
I don't even know what I'm looking at. It looks like it, it really looks, looks like it looks wartime. Like a typhoon. It does. Yeah. It looks like a harbor during wartime. Yeah. Holy cow. The tank apparently was located pretty near one of the elevated trains, and they say it nearly knocked a train off the tracks. Oh, my God. Yeah. How did I never hear about this? My, my first two thoughts when I heard the story are, all, how have I never heard this before? And I need to share this with Good Job Brain listeners. And to end the show, of course, with a topic like stickiness, there's no way I wasn't going to talk about sticky animals because I have some very satisfying and very gross sticky animal facts. Some interesting. They have sticky animals now. Well, animals that that use stickiness. Oh, okay. Right. Either for defense, okay, or or for fun. You thought right. like the way they were breeding like glow in the dark pigs. They, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. they were breeding like sticky puppies. You know, like a sticky, sticky dog. Pu- like, yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why would like you need a sticky dog? Stick to we'll let dog. marketing worry about that, Karen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stick, 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 him to, stick him to another sticky dog. Yeah. <laughs> now you have two dogs. Yeah. I have three weird animal facts that I have to share with you guys. First one is of a bird, and we've mentioned a lot of birds recently. Mm. Uh, weird jerk birds. Birds have jerk behavior, and mm-hmm. this is a kind of a jerk bird, too. Oh, yeah. And this is a fulmar. A fulmar mm. is kind of looks like a seagull, but not a seagull. It is a, an oceanic bird. F-U-L-M-A-R? Um, yes. Okay, okay. Fulmar. 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 It does sound like Fulmar. pasta. Fulmar. Yeah. yeah. This bird, when they mate, they make they make a permanent pair. And then when they have a baby, it's one egg, hmm. which is a big gamble for, for birds or sure. any yeah. animals that yeah, lay yeah, eggs yeah. to lay one. You don't right. want to put all your egg in one basket. Yeah, well, when you have yeah, one, yeah. you have one basket. <laughs> so, so of course, I mean, it makes sense that this one egg being by the ocean and there's like predators, when it hatches this one little helpless bird, what can it do to prevent predators from eating it? So this weird, cute and fluffy little helpless bird um, has a tactic. So this fulmar chick will vomit its stomach contents, um, include, and it's really unique because it's bright orange. What it does is not only does it detract the predators from like, hey, don't mess with me, but what happens is that oil gets on the feathers of the <gasps> predator birds and it mats the feathers. Uh... So A, it has trouble flying. B, it's probably going to be like a sea oceanic bird and it will drown. Oh, it will fall and man. drown because it can't get the stuff off and, and then, all the feathers all matted mm, together. Well, shouldn't so. have missed with full mark. <laughs> full mark. You just wait and be the second bird. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, that, right. That bird, how, many, how many pukes does this chick have? Yikes. I know what you're thinking. Him. Did he vomit up the entire content? Of yeah. The stomach, or did he have some left? <laughs> it's a gamble. And a second animal I want to share with you is the Malaysian exploding ants. <laughs> it sounds like something that Wiley Coyote orders from the Acme. It from does. the Acme Coyote? It does. Yeah. yeah, he would just get a jar of Malaysian exploding ants. <laughs> yep, yep. These ants, their head is huge. And uh, their their defense behavior basically is self-destruction. And, and this is last resort. This is like last resort. So This, this is communal animal behavior. So, right. This so is save the hive. Their he- yes, exactly. It's, it's saving the rest of the yeah. army. So when provoked or last resort, it's defense mechanism. Its head is really giant because it has the, the, the mandibles. Right. Uh-huh. Um, in the mandibles, there are these glands that run through the entire body of the ant, and it's it's filled with poison. <laughs> and so, you know, when it's last resort, the worker ant will basically contract its muscles oh, to geez. rupture oh, the gland, <laughs> which will explode. It's kamikaze. It's like right. it's suicide, right. and it will explode this sticky spray from the gland and also the reps, of, you know, the rest of the, the corpse or whatever onto the predator. And the glue, well, well, the gland has corrosive properties. It irritates. It might irritate oh, a couple mm-hmm. of animals. It might entangle some of the animals because it's it's sticky. But also, I mean, if it's depending on what kind of animal, it's also like. Yo, back off. Yeah, this yeah. is not worth the reward. This is not worth mm-hmm. it. We all explode. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I explode. Yeah. All, all my friends explode. back there. Yeah, too. you're not going to be calling 12,000 bluffs. So, it's, I mean, yeah. it's kind of it's wow. kind of bittersweet. I will take one for the team. Exactly. Man, it's it's kind of wow. formidable. 
And finally, I want to talk about the parrotfish, which is the nature's derpiest looking fish. Oh. You guys know what a parrotfish looks like, right? No. Parrot. They do look derpy. They, they're fairly derpy. Yeah. And um, okay, their, okay. their lips and their eyeballs are kind of very well defined. Got you it. Know? So they just sort of look like... So parrotfish, uh, they have this problem where uh, they there's a type of um, family of crustacean, very, very small, whose larvae feed on the blood of parrotfish. So during the day... Um, and you might hear this like nature symbiotic relationship. A parrotfish will seek out cleaner fish, and the cleaner fish are, will like clean out, and that's what they're doing. They're they're eating these little crustaceans, but that's only during the day. At night, they're pretty vulnerable to to this this crustacean that feed on their blood. This is so crazy. The parrotfish has developed a mechanism where it secretes a mucus Mm -hmm. around itself into a sleeping bag. What? And it sleeps in its own... It's really cute. The the mucus makes a membrane and so that these crustaceans can't get to them during the night. It can't poke through. This is awesome. And this only happens at night because they have to rest and and during the day below a booger bubble it is it is a booger bubble and they and they sleep in it yes protection and the funny thing is you think i mean if they do this every night you're like man that must be really tiring it it only consumes like two (laughs) percent of their daily energy to blow the booger bubble wow Uh uh-huh it's like it's like the batmobile with the shield yeah I'm going to try this tonight. I'm going to let you guys know how well this works. <laughs> Keep you from your natural yeah, predators. Yeah. yeah. I'll, you know, I'll send you guys a report. The, oh, man. This is better than I had even imagined. It's clear, too, yeah. so you can see it. It's totally coming out from it. his mouth. It looks yep. like it activated like a little force field. Yep. It does. Shields it is up. a force field. Yeah, yeah. shields up. <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, can't get me in here. So if you're like a parrotfish, the nightmare scenario is you you encase your little mucus booger bubble sleeping bag, and What's then you realize the there's bubble. one already in there. Yeah, <laughs> It's inside the bubble. <laughs> but more won't come. So during the day, then get the cleaner fish to clean it out. <laughs> so there you go. I, I highly recommend people to go look for a picture it's actually very adorable wow so how does it get out in the morning is it just kind of bust through the side or does it like does it eat it i don't know hmm. or maybe it disintegrates after oh it's like time lapse yeah or he eats it yes yeah it. i think he it eats yes it. pick mm. his nose and eat it <laughs> all right and that is our show <laughs> off the rails image <laughs> off the rails uh thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys listeners for listening in you can find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace, and hopefully Dana will be available and all done moving. And join us next week, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.